support for Connecticut East this week comes from EastCon for high school completion, English language instruction and employment and job training services. Go to eastcon.org slash get started today. EastCon, you've got this. Nutmeg Pharmacy, fast, friendly, convenient, local, independent pharmacies that are there for you at nutmegpharmacy.com. And Healing Therapies Through Sharing, offering bodywork modalities for those facing the challenges of a cancer diagnosis and treatment at healingtherapiesct.org. Gone too soon, but never forgotten. We talk to Gold Star Mothers as they remember their military children lost in the line of duty to them and the nation at the annual Hero Tree Ceremony. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. For many of us, the holiday season will be a time of celebration and joy and spending time with family and friends. But for others, it will be a time of reflection and remembrance for those they have lost. Something even more poignant if you're a parent who has lost a child. On this Christmas and holiday edition of Connecticut East This Week, we were invited to attend a unique commemoration event here in Connecticut at the Catherine Hepburn Cultural Arts Centre in Old Saybrook by its organiser Kathy Cross, who begins by telling us what the event is and what it's all about. It's the holiday afternoon reception at the Heroes Tree at the Kate in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. We're gathering the gold stars, the blue stars, our veterans and some of our service members here to celebrate the holidays together. It's a difficult time of year for our gold stars and our blue stars who have grown children who are now deployed overseas, many of them. So we decide to gather everyone together because we have the Heroes Tree celebration now every year for the last 15 years with our 15th year celebration makes it so special to have them come and we celebrate together. Now, it began as 17 people together, gold stars, and it bloomed, and I believe we have about 70 that have RSVP'd, so um, that they're definitely coming. So they'll be meandering in and out throughout the afternoon. It's here at the Kate because once upon a time, my mother was friendly with Catherine's sister, Peg, who is a gold star like me. She lost her son, Tommy, in Vietnam. So when they were opening the Kate, and I was looking for a place for my hero's tree in 2009, this just seemed like the appropriate place for it to be. You know, in memory of my mother, and Peg, Catherine's sister, her, ne- her nephew, and my son, and all the others. And we came together with a fistful of Patriot Guard writers, actually, that hand-painted the wooden stars upstairs on the tree we hand painted them together it took us months and our first tree was only six feet tall today our tree our hero's tree is 15 feet tall and it's adorned with all again handmade stars that reflect those who we've lost those who have been injured permanently disabled through their service 
and those who are presently serving. Those are our blue, our gold, and our silver stars. Talk to us a little bit about Gold Star, because it is important, but sadly, like so many things in life, things get forgotten. So, you know, you do a lot of work, um, yourself and other Gold Stars. Why is it important to keep this, obviously, in, in the public's mind? Well, for me, it's two reasons. I am a service mother. I've been registered as a service mother since 2008. I lost my son in 2002. I went looking for someone like me that might understand my loss. It's a little different when you lose your adult child in military service. And so it's been very rewarding because it's a give and take. It's difficult as it is to do the memorials and the service that we do. There's so much that we get in return, the honor and the privilege to honor those who we've lost like our children, but also to honor and serve amongst those who are presently serving and giving and sacrificing so much for all of us in our country in our free way of life. So it's a little bit of give, it's a little bit of take, but it's such an honor and a privilege. I have no regrets, a lifetime that I've given now in military service, in Gold Star service. It's all I can tell you. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It makes the most difficult times of year, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, the holidays for Gold Stars much more bearable. I was going to say, yeah, holidays are difficult, especially if you have had a loss. I know already, and it's getting incredibly busy, people will be able to hear, obviously, so like um, that in the background. There's Gold Star families here who I understand today, December 2nd, which is when this is actually being recorded, although this will go out on on Christmas. Unfortunately, this is the day that a member of their family passed, so that makes that even more difficult for them. Yes, it does. And when they come like that, it's an an incredible honor for me because they've come to join us to be together on that day it's a very difficult day so that happens all through the holidays for all of us there's a song there's a moment there's a symbol of christmas or whatever holiday you may celebrate it touches your heart and you feel that broken place that can never be filled again It fills itself with holiday joy and love because you're allowed to share it with others who truly understand your journey. Tell us, what do they say to you? Because, as I said, I know you don't do it all on your own. You do have people helping you, but, but what do they say to you? Well, that makes me blush because they say thank you. And that's really, I don't even require that. It's an honor and a privilege for me to do these things with them. I love these community, you know, they're good people. They, I don't know what else to say. It's just an honor and a privilege. So they say thank you. It's just so worth it for me, every, every bit of it. I wouldn't change a thing. Despite the circumstances that bring you together, obviously the loss of sons and daughters in the military, I'm guessing over the period of time that you've been running this and the other events that you've created many new friends and that you brought people together as well. Yeah, well, I understand that we're on nearly 4 million greeting cards that I've been making through the generosity of you all and my friend Hans. We've been producing these cards. They're called the Tribute Journey cards. Now, 
since 2008, and I'm told that by U-Haul that we're up over 4 million, over 312 hospitals in 39 states across the United States and our ships at sea. So it's it's incredible to think the lives that we've touched. I receive letters all the time, no kidding, from people that have received our cards that didn't have a way to reach me other than researching online, which is mind-boggling, how to find me. And they send thank you cards. And I just don't know what to say to that because I'm so grateful that I'm allowed to do this. It's such a blessing. Really, it is. It's an honor to know these people and to be allowed to um, to say thank you to them. So the events, hmm, there's been a lot of events. But it's never about me. It's about what I represent. And I always have that in mind. And no, it's not about me. It's about all of them. I do that for them. All of this is not for me. Kathy, we hope it goes on for many more years. There's many more events to go. I know you're an incredibly busy lady and we've managed to pin you down for five minutes. So thank you for talking to us. I know you've got to get back and obviously talk to all these lovely people that are here. But thank you for inviting Connecticut East this week to this event. I'd like to thank you for coming and for joining me and for listening to me go on. I wish you a happy holiday, a safe holiday season. And thank you so very, very much for joining us. Take care now. I hope that we'll see you again soon. First name is Kimberly and my last name is Reed and my son's name um, our second oldest son's name is Austin J. McGeo. He was enlisted in the army, air assault um, unfortunately he passed away seven years ago on October 15, 2016 It's been a very trying time for our very large family We do pronounce our family with faith and that's gotten us through this but also the help with the American Gold Star Moms organization that has brought me in to make make me feel like that my son can be acknowledged, but that also I can acknowledge other families that have also lost a son and a daughter in active duty, as well as the things that they stand for with helping veterans and, you know, sending cards or helping to help with their, you know, hygiene products or to build memorials to act in this kind of thing. How do you feel sometimes, though, when you look at the rest of society and things like Gold Star Mums, Blue Star Mums, it's lost on society to a certain degree because they don't understand it. They don't. I will tell you that not as a vanity plate, but we are Gold Star Moms, so our, our license plate is a Gold Star family plate, and um, rarely do people recognize it. So we're a member of, like my husband is a member of the Elks Club over here in Wexbrook, so a couple of times we've actually gotten notes on our car saying thank you for your sacrifice. But in general, well, um, actually our landscaper one time said to us, what does that Gold Star family mean? And I told him, he says... I'm so sorry. I thought it meant something happy, like spectacular Gold Star family, and they didn't really realize. And I've also been in the Burger King line, like which I never really go to fast food, but the person behind me, I got up to the front to the get my order, and they said, oh, the person behind you has paid for your meal. I think I ordered an ice cream cone, but the thought of it that they actually knew um, means like so very much, the people that do recognize it, because I don't think a lot of people do. And you know what? I'd rather take my Gold Star and put it in my pocket and have my son back but what they do and who they are means a lot to so many families you're at the christmas event there's going to be a lot of people here today explain to us what this means to you why is it so special it is so special today it's actually we live in this town it's actually a stroll between 2 and 5 p.m which will end up in a tree lighting for the town in the top of the cake which i don't think a lot of people even realize there's always been a, a tree and there is so many soldiers 
soldiers that have lost their life. It's a hero tree, and they light that up, and that's kind of where we're here now, and we'll go up and they'll light the tree with a star for thousands and thousands of people, and me, including my son. So I was at a holiday party earlier with my neighborhood, and I they kind of briefly know, but I, I didn't make a big deal about it. I just said, I, I need to go. I wanted to go to do this celebration and honor my son. And any way I can honor my son, I will so honor my son. And there's so many avenues that the Gold Star does. And also with different things about heroes, things like tomorrow I'm going to Worcester. They've embroidered the flag for my son, Austin. So we'll be in recipients of that. It's like a couple years coming. But it means so much to me that my son will never be forgotten. Ever. April Tischler. I'm the Navy Gold Star Program Coordinator. Gold Star, it means something, and it's something that constantly has to be so like reminded to people, doesn't it? There definitely is an education component with the identity of Gold Star survivors and having lost their service member. In terms of being here, it's very meaningful because I meet a lot of my families through a sterile case management component, whereas when I come to events or I host events, I get to see them face to face and not just hear their voice over the phone or type out case notes for benefit management and things like that. What do you think they get out of this? Connection and being heard and seen and every human wants that. They have a very special connection because there's no one else who understands what they're going through except them. Helen Kaiser-Peterson. Helen, it's great to catch up with you. We've had you on the podcast before. We are today here at Liz Hero Tree event. Explain to us a little bit, just for the, the listeners again, a bit about your story. I'm a Gold Star mother now for 10 years. The Gold Star mother organization is nationwide, but we have a very close Connecticut department, and we find that we are very happy when we are with each other, and we are learning of new mothers all the time, and we are always inviting other mothers to come and to share in our love for each other as sisters. We're like sister mothers. I was talking to Kathy earlier, Kathy Cross, who is the founder and organizer of this event, and you were saying just before we started recording this, this is only, I think, your second or third time coming here. Just explain to us about that, because it's been going for a while, but, you know, people slowly find out about this. In past years, I have seen Kathy's face and a story story in the local newspapers about a Gold Star mother illuminating the Gold Star tree at the Kate. And I was always fascinated. I didn't know who Kathy Cross was. I didn't know about this tree. And over the past few years, Kathy and I have met. We've become very close. And she, in her generosity, has invited all Blue Star mothers, all Gold Star mothers in the state of Connecticut to participate in illuminating the Heroes Tree, which happens the first Saturday in December of every year and we are hoping that this will be a yearly phenomenon. What does it mean to you and to the other Gold Star mothers coming together because holidays can be tough at any time but of course when there is a loss involved it becomes even harder. The magic of gathering is the smiling and that the joy that we find just in greeting each other. It's something that is a gift that has no explanation.
explanation except that it actually works. For those few moments, you're happy to be with other mothers who understand your situation, you understand their situation, and it is completely what God asks us to do, which is to love one another, and particularly at Christmas time, to help one another in whatever way brings us a just a bit of Christmas joy. And how do you feel today? As you say, it's been many years now since your son passed, but, you know, never forgotten. And as I said, you know, these are times where we often reflect even more during the holidays. So how does this time of year make you feel? I wait for January. This is really the hardest events. Uh, Thanksgiving, my birthday, Christmas, New Year's. I just soldier through it. And having friendships relationships like this matter. Lori Marriott, I am the director of Easter Seals Veterans Rally Point. The Hero Tree Lighting, an annual event. What does it mean to you as a veteran yourself? Yes, thank you. So I was invited actually to come to this event by Helen Pizer Peterson. She sent me an invitation to come to this event. I did not know they've had something similar for the past 15 years doing this, and this is the first time they've done the full party prior. I am honored to be here. I just have met so many wonderful Gold Star families, moms, wives, sisters, and even some Blue Star families are here as well. So as an Army veteran and the daughter of a Navy vet, and I am a Gold Star granddaughter, my mother's mother lost her son in World War II, and nobody has ever been able to go and see him. He's buried overseas in the Netherlands. So I was just telling the table I was talking with that my dream is to fulfill my mom's dream of going to visit my Uncle Norman. Doreen and Tom Norco. Tell us a little bit about your story. So our son's airman, senior airman, Lawrence Paul Menlapit III, was a legacy military. So my dad was in the Marines, my grandfather was in the Army, so on my brothers and his his biological father was in the army so I'm a former army wife and he was in the air force and actually he signed up behind my back <laughs> because I didn't actually want him to join I figured our family had done enough you know and he was our only son we have three daughters as well and it was on our wedding anniversary day that we got the news and that was the day he had uh, passed away. We weren't here. We were on Block Island when we found out celebrating our wedding as well as his birthday was the day before. And when we received the knock on the door, it was our youngest daughter that was there. And they tried to contact us and we weren't available. We didn't find out till hours later and we were told that he was missing and we had to get on the last ferry. My son was born on a military base in Fort Stewart, Georgia, but Connecticut is the longest place we've ever lived as a family. So when we finally got home, the uh, colonel ended up staying and waiting for us. He was the person that he was supposed to notify was my, myself. You know, just, just hearing the news it just wasn't a part of my reality. Unfortunately, our son passed away stateside in an accident. And uh, when I found that out, my mind was going straight through. He hadn't been deployed. He was, he was scheduled to go and never made it. 
So I was in that mind space and not sure if I wanted to believe that. Unfortunately, it was him. And we started getting tagged in a whole bunch of messages and everything. But, you know, it just warms our heart that there were people that actually cared. We received hundreds of cards in the mail. We went out to Mountain Home. He he passed away with two other airmen. So it was a pretty tragic event for the base. They lost, you know, three people that day, three airmen that day. And they had a ceremony. They invited us, the families, to go to. So we didn't actually get a chance to, to bury him, like, right away until we, we had to go out there. We had to come back. And uh, Dorian was saying they, they couldn't even ID them. So it was very difficult for them to get that closure for us to actually get to the point where we can lay him to rest, you know, at, What does it mean for you to be here today with all these other people who many of them have shared similar types of experiences? Right away I knew that first I was like thinking to myself, this can't be it, this can't be all. You know, my father always said, you know, we never leave anybody behind. I was like, well, what happens to the families? So I didn't rest. Unfortunately, the Air Force forgot to give me my packet to notify me about the Gold Star families. And then there's another program called TAPS, Tragedy assistance program for survivors of military fallen. I started doing my own research, Google searching online. I was like, you know, my dad was a Marine, you know, I'm not going to just let this go. So once I started connecting online, Facebook, as well as calling the Air Force down in San Antonio to find out what's going on, and they gave me the packets, and I just started connecting myself with them. It changed. Things started changing. You know, I started realizing that my son sacrificed. He signed on the dotted line for others, as well as myself. And I said, I want to continue the work that he started. And in order to do that, I have to get involved. And I have to put my feelings aside. And through that, I was able to share with other people, grieve with them, and also grow. I felt like being a part of the Gold Star families, as well as mothers, I was able to honor my son and say his name and make sure that everybody else knew his story. I appreciate it. And we love every one of them. They say when someone loses or has lost that deep, your phone book changes. And I know that through my phone, all of the names have changed. Not that it's any different. In a way, it is because we share something that we don't wish upon other people. We share a life and a journey that we have to learn how to walk in this life. And it's because of those that came before me and didn't rest and Google searched other people that I was able to share. If not, if I don't do that, no one else will have that survival kit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Connecticut East this week is made possible by EastCon. Want to finish high school? Enroll today in one of EastCon's free high school diploma completion programs offered virtually and in person. Earn your GED, NEDP or credit diploma in as little as six months to a year with small classes and personalized attention. Succeed from registration to graduation with flexible classes that suit your busy lifestyle. Visit eastcon.org slash get started today and take your first steps towards a brighter future. Eastcon, you've got this. Nutmeg Pharmacy, your local independent pharmacy serving Higginham, Moodus, Centerbrook and Taffville, reminding you to get your flu, RSV and COVID vaccines now and protect you and your family. Open seven days a week and with free local delivery. Find your nearest Nutmeg Pharmacy at nutmegpharmacy.com. And Healing Therapies Through Sharing provides oncology massage and other bodywork modalities for those facing the challenges of a cancer diagnosis. Cancer treatments can be brutal. Our professionals can help with hands-on services, support and resources. Cancer doesn't quit and neither do we. Find out more at healingtherapiesct.org. Time now for a look at other stories making the headlines this week. The Lamont administration announced recently that more than 80,000 people in Connecticut are expected to have convictions for certain old low-level offences automatically cleared from their criminal records over the next month as the state nears full implementation of the recently enacted Clean Slate Law. It is expected that the system will initially identify for erasure approximately 178,499 offences from more than 80,000 people. Record erasure does not mean deletion or destruction. Instead, erasure causes a record to be flagged for non-disclosure to anyone other than the clerk holding the records. The process to erase the vast majority of eligible records is expected to be completed by the end of January 2024. The U.S. Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, chaired by Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, has issued a letter to the U.S. Coast Guard leadership demanding they turn over documents and information relating to historic sexual assault and harassment at the agency. Recently, the subcommittee heard testimony from former and current serving members of the U.S. Coast Guard about their personal stories of assault, harassment and retaliation while at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in New London. Senator Blumenthal said at last week's hearing they have asked the Coast Guard for documentation, but little has been forthcoming. While we're encouraged that the Coast Guard has produced some records, we have yet to receive a single internal email related to the decision of whether or not to disclose the report on Operation Fouled Anchor. Not one internal email disclosed so far. These critical documents must be provided without further delay. Subcommittee ranking member Republican Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin said at the recent hearing there was no excuse for the Coast Guard to delay any longer. There's no reason they cannot start a rolling production of documents. I mean, this is not that hard to go into emails, do searches and start producing some of these documents in terms of what was communication that resulted in this three and a half year cover up. So I guess what I'm saying is if they do not produce those documents or at least begin the production of those critical emails on the date we've given them, I want and I will support you in issuing a subpoena. 
The letter addressed to Admiral Linda Fagan, the commandant of the U.S. Coast Guard, requests all relevant documentation no later than January 19, 2024, to allow the subcommittee to continue its inquiry without delay. The hearing was brought about after the news organization CNN revealed the Coast Guard had buried a report for more than three years about findings of sexual assault over a number of years. As political divisiveness grows, holiday gatherings at home and work can lead to increased arguments and severe relationship damage. Edwin J. Vieira from the Connecticut News Service has this report. National organizations such as Braver Angels are working to bridge political rifts, but others are taking different approaches. Christine Miles is the author of What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? Her book provides tips navigating difficult conversations. Rather than challenging someone you disagree with, she says people should ask questions to understand why they stand by a certain position. Let that person talk more, sit back and listen to understand, seek the perspective they're coming from, and then the de-escalation begins. It's not about agreement, that's just about where are you coming from. Psychologists warn holding back your feelings when a family member makes an off-color comment can be harmful. Not speaking up can cause depression and physical health problems such as immune dysfunction, hypertension, and cancer. Miles finds asking questions can make your voice heard, lower tensions, and decrease defensiveness. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. Pharmaceutical giant Pfizer, which has facilities in Connecticut and New York, has concluded the acquisition of a cancer drug company for $43 billion. The final agreement to purchase CGEM based in Seattle and Washington was announced by Pfizer on Thursday the 14th of December as one of their largest investments in the company's history. As part of the deal, Pfizer has chosen to irrevocably donate part of their U.S. royalties from sales of the cancer drug Bevencio, which they co-developed with pharmaceutical company Merck of Germany to the American Association for Cancer Research. However, Pfizer has refused to state how much this equates to on a yearly basis in dollars they will hand over to the AACR. Pfizer also announced the same day that its board of directors had agreed an increase in the quarterly cash dividend on the company's common stock of 42 cents for the first quarter of 2024 to be paid to stockholders in early 2024, which Pfizer said in a statement equates to around $2.4 billion in cash based on current outstanding shares. The company also recently announced a worldwide cost-cutting effort initially put at $3.5 billion and recently amended to now $4 billion it wants to save due to a decrease in worldwide sales of certain COVID-related drugs. Pfizer says they will be making layoffs at facilities in the US and abroad and have filed redundancy notices in the states of California, Illinois, Colorado and New Jersey, but have refused to state how many layoffs will occur at their biggest R&D center here in Groton, Connecticut. Connecticut East this week understands that layoff notices have been issued to Groton staff already who are affected, but Pfizer have refused to comment on precise numbers. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at connecticut-east.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East This Week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott Smith. Thank you for listening.